Coming to you from the studios at the Illinois Rock and Roll Museum on Route 66, it's the Rock and Roll Chicago Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Ray the Roadie. And this is Hollywood Mike. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you been? I, you know, I just flew in from Toronto, Canada. Oh, your arms are tired, aren't they? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah just a little bit. But I bow. <laughs> See, you missed it. That was you. <laughs> did you, <laughs> so did you bring back some Canadian bacon or? Uh... Uh, no. No. No, not at all. Uh, nothing? No souvenirs? Just a, a little Canadian money, which isn't worth it. Not really, no. So, no. So it's snowing up there, huh? Yeah, it was. And, and cold. And it's cold here, too. Yeah. It's getting better. Yeah. So did you bring anybody uh, with to interview tonight? I sure did. I brought a hurricane with me from Canada. It, there was a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> That's Whoa. right. At least we're here. Wow. We've got the hurricane project here sitting in the studio tonight. And I, uh, I'm i excited for this one because I have a feeling this is going to be a good interview. It really is. So sitting right over here, we have the man himself, the muffin man, Mr. Jeffrey Ruffin. Good evening. And we have Al Hurricane Spears sitting next to him. Two hurricanes here? Yeah. Oh, hey, well, everybody. He's the hurricane. He is the hurricane. The big win. Yes. And we got we got this dude over here. We have Melvin Holmes. Melvin, I got to tell you, around the studio, you've got a nickname that you probably don't even know yet, but everybody wants to know. Who's that guy that shows up with Al and plays guitar every once in a while? And everybody's like, oh, which one are you talking about? And they're like, that smooth guy, that really smooth guy. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's Melvin Too Smooth Holmes. <laughs> they, they, they either call him smooth or they started calling him Mel Mel. I, you know, so too smooth Holmes, man. That's, that's right. right. Good evening, and you are sitting in the vicinity of the goat right over there, Mr. Herman Hines. <laughs> yeah, real goat. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Boy, what a crowd, man. Y'all got a nice crowd. Oh, it's a, yeah. In studio audience. Uh, Thank That's, you, everybody. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, one of, the, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, one of the things I want to do in this interview is, um, you know, we go way back and a lot of people know who you guys are. You guys have been playing around in the area a long time, but I don't think everybody knows exactly your backstory and where everybody came from. And I know y'all got some interesting stories. And so I figured we'd start there and we might as well start with the man, Mr. Al Hurricane himself. Uh, All right. We can do that. Uh, thank you so much for having us. We appreciate it. And uh, I've probably been involved in music probably about 29 years. It started off as a hobby for me. Um, I remember working um, for this Fortune 500 company. I don't, I ain't gonna say no name, cause I don't know. Anyway, um, and I needed a hobby. And a friend of mine uh, brought the guitar to work and he said, hey man, uh, I gotta get rid of this guitar. You ever played the guitar before? And I said, no, man, but bring it in, you know? So he brought it in and, you know, I got the guitar and took it home and didn't even know how to hold the doggone thing, man. I had the thing backwards and I was hugging it like it was my wife, you know, that kind of thing, you know? And um, so that was, that was 28, 29 years ago. Um, what was the guitar? It was an Ibanez Rose Star Series 2. Ah. Never forget the first one. Right. <laughs> and, um, you know, I'm, I'm a tinkerer. So, you know, I didn't know I didn't know how to play the guitar. So what did I do? The first thing I did was I took the guitar apart because I wanted to see how it works. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the honest to God. So, um, and, and it, you know, and then it just it just started from there. You know, I met a guy, Nick Laramie. Um, real good friend of mine who was also a good friend of the guy, Ernie Giamatti, that gave me that Ibanez guitar. And uh, Nick invited me to a place on Western on the north side because he wanted to see this guitar. And um, so, you know, get up, go down there. And I could only play in two keys at this time, you know, and that was A and G. And um, on break, Nick gets off stage, come down, he looks at the guitar and he's, yeah, no, no, that's cool, man. That's cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he goes back up and then he calls me up on stage, you know, and I'm like, I ain't getting up there. And it was probably about six, seven hundred people in that in that uh, arena. Uh, 
And um, he called out the Kia F. <laughs> <laughs> and I could only play an A and G. First of all, nobody should do that to anybody. Get you on the stage and call out the Kia F. <laughs> we were at a jam one time and a harmonica player comes up and says, you know, we're going to play in the Kia F. We all look at him and go, F. <laughs> he said... He actually said the key of love. And I go, okay, ain't no L. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, and I got on, I got on stage. The bass player showed me where the fingering was, you know, and uh, I've been playing guitar every day since. Even when I would travel for work, I took a guitar with me and um, started a band uh, with a couple of guys, uh, Twisting the Groove Machine. Uh, Jeff was the, the drummer in that band and I don't know, we probably, we played together probably 20 years. 13 to 20. Yeah, somewhere around, you know, we all old, so we forget at time stuff. Um, and, um, you know, all, all of the, 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 the real working musicians, the friends and stuff, you know, that I know and that I hung out with kept telling me, Al, oh, man, you need to start your own thing, you know? And uh, I was like, but I don't sing, you know? And it was like, well, you just learn how to sing, just like you learned how to play the guitar. And I was like, I don't like my voice, you know? And then I found out most singers don't like their voice anyway, but anyway. Most people don't like their voice when <laughs> yeah. they get recorded. Wait till, you, wait till you hear this podcast. Oh boy. You're never gonna talk in public again. Can I get this? <laughs> we might have to edit a whole lot. Just, Let's take that's what out. I said and I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Just take me out. And uh, so, you know, I, I thought about it. Uh, it's actually seven pieces in the Hurricane Project. We got two guitar players, uh, bass, drums, Herman on vocals. Uh, killer harmonica player Tony Medina and uh keyboard and a uh, horn player Jeff Choates. Um that's the full hurricane project. Uh so depending on the gig, you know, I bring everybody and you know, sometimes we do a four piece, sometimes we do a five piece, you know, whoever can't make it, can't make it. And <clears throat> I was fortunate enough to check off uh, you know, one of my dreams was to have music. Uh, pay my way overseas and you know that's happened um so my next journey our next journey with the hurricane project is to be on the chicago blues fest keep your fingers crossed we'll probably be on it this year but these guys right here jeff ruffin melvin two smooth homes <laughs> herman the godfather hines Jeff, oh, I call him white chocolate. <laughs> Don't edit this either. <laughs> and Tony Mississippi Sax, that's the Hurricane Project. That's that's our musical family. And, uh, you know, I'm probably going to keep doing this and as long as I can, you know? Right. Um, you know, I, I, done, I done been somewhere everywhere and I done did somewhere everything. So I'm blessed. He's um, being a little modest yeah. too because his playing and the people that he's played with and the places that he's played, I mean, it reads like a who's who. All you gotta do is go to his Facebook page and look at his pictures. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. well, so you, you guys know. are basically like a real hurricane. You've got your category three, you got your category four, yeah, your category five when you're all together. We, we, we try to take the roof off of places when we play. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and, and you know, we're not a scripted band. You know, that I think we have fun, we're not, a, a scripted band, you ain't gonna hear no note for no songs. You know, we might grab a groove, man, and we make it our own. Um, you know, we like having fun, you know, and that's what it's about. And I don't think none of us, we never got into it, you know. Um, uh, We're too old to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we use that F word a lot. Oh, fuck you. Like Herman <laughs> called me the other day. <clears throat> And uh, <laughs> he left this message on my, on my voicemail. <laughs> and I listened to it like I was on, the, on another call. And, you know, uh, so I listened to it a little while later after I got done with that call. And he goes, I ain't leaving. Because, <laughs> you know, your voicemail say leave a message, right? You know? <laughs> Ha, ha, ha.
To be honest, I didn't know I was being recorded. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, but, but that, I guess that little beep sound came up real quick. <laughs> I guess that little beep sound came up real quick. So <laughs> caught, caught me off guard. And so, you know, he said, always said, I didn't leave a message. I ain't leaving nothing, <laughs> you know. So I was te- I was texting. As soon as I texted, he answered. <laughs> well, you can text all you on the phone. <laughs> but so, yeah, I you? love these guys. <laughs> I, I love these guys right here, and uh, they're, they're my musical family. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you a question that everybody asks me, and every time they ask me this question, I say, "Well, why don't you go ask him?" I mean, because I don't know the answer. Go Uh-oh. ask him. Uh-oh. And and I don't want to name drop or nothing like that, but I can't tell you how many times people have come up to me and asked me, how do you know Taranzo Cannon? How did you meet him? I met um, Taranzo Cannon at the uh, Harlem Avenue Lounge. Um, they used, they host a jam there. So, and, and by the way, most of these guys I met at the jam night. Right. You know? Uh, I met Taranzo at Harlem Avenue along with Mike Wheeler and, you know, Dave Spector and all those guys. Um, they come out and they hang out, you yeah. know, and, um, you know, we just got you know, talking gear. Right. You know, right. and uh, he'll tell you I'm probably me and Mike Wheeler is probably his only pallbearers. I ain't going to get into why, but <laughs> <laughs> that's my buddy. I just right. talked to him yesterday. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 my one of my my good friends. You know, we look out for each other. We we call each other when they when when they own some dumb stuff. You know, right? We do that. You know, just like family. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's good. That's good. Yep, yep, yep. And, Harlem uh, Avenue Lounge. And Mr. Ruffin. Yes, sir. Tell us about you. Tell us about yourself. Well, I've had the I've actually had the privilege of playing with him. He's filled in for. Tom Dixon and Cadillac Groove a couple yeah. times, done shows with them. Well, right now I am doing wonderful. Life has been good. He's Life. got a Subway sandwich in his belly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a sandwich, a sandwich, a sandwich, teriyaki chicken. <laughs> yes, sandwich with a M. But uh, I, I grew up in, in Chicago, originally from Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the Buckeyes, the Ohio Players, and a few others. But uh, growing up in Chicago, playing Chicago blues, I had to took me a minute to learn it. Uh, my first blues experience was with Billy Branch and the Sons of Blues. I was the original drummer. <laughs> I uh, did my first recording with them with uh Yeah, I was skinny. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell life's been good. <laughs> these, these are studio quality monitors. We can hear all that stuff. Yeah. That dude was skinny. <laughs> you got to leave the room if you're going to whisper. <laughs> but anyway, I uh, they did a write up about us in Chicago blues legends or something like that, and that's where the skinny picture came in. <laughs> so your name is mentioned in that book. Yeah, one of the uh, magazines. I forgot which one. I got it in my car, both copies. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm not vain, but you know, <laughs> it doesn't happen often, so I enjoy it. Uh, I've been on the blue circuit 57, no, 59 years. Well, I feel like I'm 12 sometimes. And, uh, here we are here in Joliet. I came to Joliet in 78 with Jojo Murray and the Top Flight Band. Yeah, Jojo. Yeah, we had some good times here in Joliet. <laughs> <laughs> and I was still here up until four years ago. I said, it's time to move on. So Bowling Brook. <laughs> They call it boring, Brooke, but it suits me fine. <laughs> I'm not the runaround type anymore. I didn't get too old and too broke down. But I say life is good. But you're still one of the best drummers around here. 
Well, thank you very much. Absolutely, without a doubt. I don't try hard, though. <laughs> it just comes natural. That's the gift that the Father gave yeah. me, and I yeah. pass it on. Right. It's all about love and truth. Right. There's a lot about the work you put in it, too. Well, I did all that when I was young. But, you know, well... <laughs> That's history. So, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, you don't spoil me for other drummers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other drummer come up, you know, like, it's like, oh, okay. He don't feel what, you know. Well, anyway, uh, Herman Hines. Yes. Wasn't your time. Oh, you still on? <laughs> no, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm done. <laughs> the mic is all yours. <laughs> oh, okay. So he's a he's a lead singer of the Hurricane Project, y'all. That you know, so he's used to having a mic in front of. And, and just like a lead singer, he came in too early. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a drummer. <laughs> Well, you got to remember, though, I'm still learning, so I got I got to find out where to come in at. So uh, usually I give them the signal to let them know I'm coming in, you know, so, that rather than, you know, just coming in. Right, right, right. So I want to go way back. I want to go way back with you, Herman. Woo. Um, a, I can go way back. Because I, 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 I will say uh, one thing about the first time that, that I met Herman. I was playing in a band called the Bubba Fats Blues Band. Bubba Fats. And uh, we were playing at the uh, in the bar at the uh, Strike and Spare 2 yeah. over there. And I was warming up on guitar and I was playing that the intro to um, I was playing the intro to um, uh, Voodoo Child. And in walks this man that filled the doorway and he says i just had to come in here and see what was going on because somebody was warming up with some Jimi hendrix and the piano player in the band at the time was a guy named ray spar did he have and a he, subway sandwich with him he did not <laughs> he did not but he was carrying a bowling ball <clears throat> and ray ray says to me he he taps me on the shoulder and he says oh you got to let this guy come up and sing with us you've never heard singing like this before mm -hmm. and he came up and he and he did like the first half a set with us and we were a different band when he when he joined us we really were and i don't know if you remember that or not but man that was like about 25 years ago or something like that but, that was did Bubba, did he play the arrow uh uh have a king arrow guitar flying v. well flying v well we used to have no we used to have uh jimmy j was his name right would, would sit in with us i remember i, I played with him right right and jimmy right jimmy j would sit in with us a, a little bit and, jimmy uh, j from indiana yeah oh yeah. man that was my buddy jimmy man. jimmy yeah. j was i mean he was actually the, my no. mentor on guitar he oh. when i first met him for some reason we we hit it off and he would send me phone messages all the time and he, he, he would just be humming. He'd be, he'd be going like, do, 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 do. And he goes, learn this scale. Yeah. 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 Jimmy J was uh, Albert King's nephew. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so, I was just getting ready to say that. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. And so yeah, he was, yeah, he had some stories about Albert King, but, uh, you know, I can't really, I don't want to be disparaging. <laughs> because, uh, he would say, Albert would, uh, he said, sometimes, you know, like he could be a little mean. He said, he'd tell me to learn a song, you know, like he'd show me something. And next time he come by and I knew it and he'd get mad, you know, like give me my guitar. And that's, ex and that's exactly what he yeah. used. That's exactly yeah. what he used to do to me. He would say, learn this. And then yeah. I'd see him and he'd, and I'd play it with him. He wouldn't get mad at me, but then he'd give me something. Else. Yeah, yeah. 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 He became a mentor for sure. But well, during that time, were, were you still working? Were you retired at that time? Oh, no, no. I, I retired in 01. Okay. Okay. So this had to be 98. It was about 98 or 99. Yeah. Something like that. Around there. Something like that. Because uh, I hadn't played with a band before. Right. And so I, I did a little karaoke, mm -hmm. and I got that from the uh, Strike and Spare also. Uh, they started doing karaoke there on Friday nights when I was bowling. Right. And uh, I had this challenge. And this girl says, hey, come on up and, uh, and uh, do a song. I said, I will if you go up with me. So, well, when they called our name, she panicked. 
I ain't going up there. Oh, yes, you are. So I carried her on stage. <laughs> because I was scared to death. I carried her on stage and uh, some Benny King uh, stand by me. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, and so, like, uh, when I got it started, she, she kind of got into it. And actually, we harmonized pretty good on accident. Oh, right. it, it was like Lori. Oh, right, right. <laughs> but it was, you know, it wasn't bad. And so people stopped copying. So, and I said, you know, I feel pretty good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I started doing karaoke before I went to work because I was working midnights. Oh, okay. So I go in and do a couple of songs, go to work, and I always felt better. And I know it's because I worked at uh, Princess Stateville. Right, right. Uh, maximum security. Worked there for almost thirty years, you know. Along with uh, Mel over here, my coworker. He was. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mel. Yeah, that's some stories. Oh, that's some stories. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, we don't want to go to jail. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so, so that uh, so yeah. if that was about nineteen ninety eight or nineteen ninety nine. You were, so that would have put you at what, about 58, uh, 59 years old? Or somewhere late uh, 50s? Yeah, oh yeah, it's, it's late, around 56. Because uh, I was born at 43. Okay. I was trying to do the math backwards because I know you just had a birthday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so so you, were, you were in your late 50s. Before you even realized or, or had the idea that, hey, I want to do this, I want to sing in a band. And right. Uh, I got a talent. Yeah, it was another one of those kind of things where, you know, you kind of fall into, you know, partial lies. <laughs> right. Whereas, uh, was up at Just One More in 01, the same day I retired. One that night, I was up at uh, uh, Just One More up on Rainer Theodore. And uh, I was messing with some karaoke. Uh, then this uh, band leader, Mondo Cortez, he uh, he came up, he says, we've been trying to kind of blues our band up a little bit. He said, if you know a couple of songs, he says, come down here and sit in with us. We're at the field house tomorrow night. He said, you know a couple of songs? I said, sure. I didn't. Right. But uh, but I was up all that night <laughs> learning a couple of songs. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so so we're not a few house did a couple so he goes, Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> says tomorrow night we're gonna be able to just one more. Uh, oh, now this is getting kind of fast now. <laughs> he said, if you know four songs, come sit in with us. You know four songs. I said, Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but that night, I, uh, I, 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 but that night I found a recipe for learning songs. I would listen to a verse, or say at that time we had to play it, and you know, like on a, a record mm -hmm. or, or cassette, and I play a verse, and then I write it down. That's side imprint. That's exactly what I did yeah. to learn songs. I, I would print the words out so yeah. I'd have a cheat sheet. Yep. But and it was that yeah. imprint. Right, right, right. Okay. Now you're talking about going way back. I'll go way back. I'm trying to do this quick. Born in Forest City, Arkansas. Uh, at age of <clears throat> testing, testing. At the age of two, <laughs> Is this my, mother, my mother and father got divorced. So I took the family <laughs> back over to Tennessee because right, there wasn't nothing happening in Arkansas. So right. at two years old, I realized this. <laughs> and I said, hey, look, mom, this is, uh, let's get out of this state. So we went over to Tennessee like that's better. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know? But it wasn't. Anyway. Uh, so I grew up on the farm, sharecropping, about 
six or seven years old, they tricked you into picking cotton. Mm-hmm. And, oh, look at my man. He he all grown up. And they give you a little flower sack, you know, like. <laughs> so they, and they say, you know, I'm in this shit the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Hey, go get that so, guy over there. So, <laughs> so, so uh, well, I, I got a break, though. In 1958, we had the audacity to register to vote. Well, in 1958, they didn't care too much for that, especially the people that own property, like bosses, plantation owners, and people like that. Mm-hmm. They didn't really care for it. So, so we had to leave by dark of night, <laughs> moved up to Decatur, where my mother was staying there. So we Grand, I, was, I was living with my grandparents. We moved to, to Decatur. And from Decatur, I went into service in 64. Got out in 67. Yeah, a little Germany, a little Vietnam, you know. Little, little, history, little, history. little conflict. Yeah, little, yeah, little. yeah little, little things got in the way. Right. Anyway, came out in 67. Back to Decatur. So, uh, uh Advertisement for a job in Joliet. Mm. You know, in Joliet, what this is, it's up yonder way, up yonder north. Up north, down south, yeah. out west, and back east. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just go down that way, and then next yeah. you know, it's like yeah. 30 miles, you know, and yeah. you think, that's just a couple of blocks. Just, down a, just, a, road, a, you know? just a piece yonder. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just a piece yonder. And then when you come to the fork in the road, take it. Mm-hmm. Which one? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, anyway, um, that was 1967. I came up here for a job, and I've been here ever since. So I went to Stateville for two years, and but they uh, uh, not the accommodation, but the uh, uh, health care and stuff like that wasn't very good at all. So I went to Caterpillar for seven years. They had great stuff. They had good uh, hospitalization and dental and all that stuff. And uh, so, but Nixon messed that up because he, he, he said, I'm gonna bring your sons home from the war. So they ended the war. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now all these people that had the seniority that was working at the uh, Caterpillar that went into service, their Ain't seniority right. kept going. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there was people there. I had seven years in, and there was people that were 12 years. They were worried. I said, I better get out of here. So I went, yeah. So I went back to, I went back to Stateville and retired from there. And so like, so y'all know about the rest of the hookup. Uh, where's, that's where I met Mondo. And I, in fact, I fooled him for 16 years. Yeah, and that that was the <laughs> Chicago, yeah. <laughs> Chicago Blues. The Chicago Blues Angels. Yeah. Yep. Fooled him for 16 years, boy. And they're still going strong. Yeah. They're, they're, still, they're still playing around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to remember where I met you at the first time at Herman. Do you remember? Uh, it it could have been the Big Ten. Was it the Big the Big Ten or Carter's place? It was Carter's. Oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, because Carter's was for, before that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Carter's. Um, it was on Wednesday nights. Yep, that's the first yep. time I met you. Al, was at yeah. Carter's place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, and Jeff, I, fr- I first met at Miss Camille's. Miss Camille's, yeah, and Joliet. And then, of course, last but not least, we got. Too smooth. We got too smooth. Oh, and from yeah. now on, that's his name. That's his name. That's too smooth. Hey, that's, that's what we call him. Too smooth. Hey. <laughs> See, listen now. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the women always want to know, you know, like, uh, who is that guy? <laughs> too smooth. I don't, I don't know him. <laughs> it's all in the fingers. <laughs> yeah, but I'm from the west side of Chicago. Born and raised, I uh, come from a musical family of 10. That's a whole lot of 10. Wow. 10. Mm-hmm. And all of them sing or play something, whether it's piano, guitar, drum. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, I started playing eight behind my mother, who was singing and practice for her songs that she was going to sing in church. 
and uh, <clears throat> I remember it was just like it was yesterday. Say, oh, well, aren't you tired of tearing them straws out the broom? Because that's what I would do. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would tear the straws out the broom. And uh, I come home from school one day. I was there. I never heard it quite put that way before. But yeah. <laughs> tearing the straws out of the broom. Yeah. <laughs> and she sent me up to Montgomery Wards. Montgomery Wards. A global guitar. Mm -hmm. Man, that thing had a sign on it. Virtue that broom, yeah. Man. <laughs> Brooms are so hard to keep in tune. Yeah. <laughs> Who did the setup on the broom? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, you feel a lot with it. You know, you're going to build up your wrist. That's what's going to get better wrist up. But uh, it sounded so good. And um, a few years goes past, and I actually learned the song. I learned something on it. Sounded be good. And my dad was my biggest critic. <laughs> he was my biggest critic. Because I was sitting up here trying to impress and play the song. They said, you need to go back in the back room and practice some more. <laughs> said, go practice some more. Herman gonna call that song out on our next gig. You watch. You know it. You, you know that's gonna happen. <laughs> well, that's gonna end this interview right there. <laughs> no, but, but you know what? He's gonna sneak it in though, because it's gonna be on the back end of something else, and it's gonna turn into something else, and it's gonna go for twenty minutes. <laughs> See, Herman, Herman will do stuff like he'll go, "Hey, Mel." You, you got this, right? This 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 song. He goes, Johnny, be good, man. <laughs> Whatever rip. key, right? Every rip. Uh, uh, you know this, right? You got this? <laughs> <laughs> but when I finally got it, I knew I had it. Because uh, he come in the house from work one day and I actually played the introduction on it. And next thing you know, he skipped across the floor. <laughs> I go, oh, got him. So from that from that point on, it was me uh, playing guitar. I wouldn't put it down for nothing. Right. Uh, learning licks. I mean, I was, I was learning jazz. I was learning country and western. I was learning blues. I was learning definitely learning gospel. Uh, 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 playing gospel. Uh, when I reached my teens, I started playing for this group called the Victory Travelers out of Chicago. And I played with them from 78 to 95. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> and then other than that, I had a group that when I was in the service uh, called the Voices of Truth that I formed when I was in the service. And uh, I love playing and I love putting my heart into it. And I love I'm ready to drive it. <laughs> I will drive it. Mm -hmm. So like I can say then at that point, because I like to play with the spirit of the realm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh when that's you get into that realm and it's like, okay, everything goes dark and you no longer playing now. It's actually the realm, the spirits of the realm that's playing for you, <laughs> playing through you. You know, and mm -hmm. I and I love to reach that point mm -hmm. to where I said, okay. Oh, where, you, know, where you go, you go somewhere it. else. I, I, I'm, in that, I'm in that zone. I'm, I'm in that realm at right. that point. You're right. out your body at that point. I'm, right. I'm in the realm at that point. That's it. And uh, mm -hmm. my mother, when uh, I used to back her up, she had stopped me too now. Uh, wait a minute, sir. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> she put that and she could talk about safe. Oh, wow. A voice with a microphone or without a microphone. Yeah. It would fill a room. It would fill, and she would make you feel it. And that's why she told me, don't you play that thing behind me unless you feel it. Huh? Yeah. So when I learned to feel it, I said, let it go. I, that means I got to get out of the way right. and let the spirits of the realm come in right. and play. Right. And uh, <clears throat> I've been playing that way ever since. That's why it's hard to stop your behind. When <laughs> <laughs> I, I get in there, yeah. <laughs> it feels so great. It feels so good. And, and my thing is, I like to play to the point where if I, if I don't feel it, I ain't expecting you to feel it. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Uh, so, and that's the way I play. And I enjoy playing. I enjoy playing for people. And I love it because you never know what's on a man's mind. Right. So, and I play the lift, the spirit. Mm -hmm. 
That's what I do. Lift one up. Uh, and that's my that's my whole life on this. Oh, when that chill out, that these guys, the Hurricane Project, hey, you know, can't leave the Hurricane. Oh yeah, project. these guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, he was he was in the realm right now, and he forgot that you were sitting in the room. <laughs> I did. <laughs> my man Herman here. He was. What was the group you was with, uh, ready to say? Well, you, you wanted to see D4? Oh, no, you mean at, uh, at your house? Yeah. The one we recorded? No, that, I just, uh, it was for the family. Oh, those. So I just did, uh, it was uh, karaoke music. Right. It was karaoke music to uh, some songs, you know, like Georgia and, you know, uh, uh, Otis Redding and stuff like that. And he said, hey, you know, uh, I got that stuff at the house. I said, what's the, you know, recording studio? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Now, at this time, I didn't even know he played guitar. Oh. You know? And I found out, it was much later that I found out that he's playing guitar because he's with the, uh, but Jojo and the, I can't think of the guy name that used to be here all the time that uh, used to live here, guitar player, band leader. Anyway, I saw him sit in with them uh, on a on a gig, and I was blown away, mm -hmm. you know. But um, lost my train of thought again. You know, I just had an 80th birthday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the first time I ever heard the word hurricane in reference to this group or to Al. Uh, this is one thing that a lot of people don't know about him. He said he tinkers. He is a guitar expert when it comes to repairing guitars. And he's fantastic with amplifiers. He can repair amplifiers and hot rod amplifiers and stuff. And I started to see on the internet that if, if you ever brought your guitar or your amplifier or your bass guitar or whatever to him, he would say it got hurricaned. It got hurricaned. It got yeah. hurricaned. Yeah. Yeah. And after I saw, I'd seen that a few weeks, all of a sudden I see these posts about the hurricane project. And I was like, Oh, so it's a hurricane project. We got a band now. Mm -hmm. And that was, that was, mm -hmm. that was pre COVID, mm -hmm. right? It was mm -hmm. pre, it was pre COVID. Yeah. So how, how did that all come about? Who was the first person you called and said, I want you by my side as I do this? Well, me and, um, I think we probably as a band, been playing together for about seven, eight years. And uh, me and Tony Medina used to go out to this jam uh, on Monday nights uh, that Billy Branch used to host. I can't think of the name of the place. It's, it's not there anymore. And he said, man, we should start doing our own thing. You know? Leaves on No, it wasn't Leaves. What Billy used to play at all the time. Yeah, on Monday nights. On Monday nights. I thought it was Lisa. Not Lisa, unless. <laughs> but anyway, um, so it, it was kind of like between that and my buddies, Mike Wheeler and Taranzo Cannon telling and Vino Loud and all them guys, man, you need to start doing your own thing, you know? And um, was this place called Artists? Artists. That's yeah. it. That's <laughs> it. Uh, Artists. And um, so I knew just from working with other bands that when you want to put a band together, one of the first thing that they ask you, you got any gigs lined up. Right. You know what I mean? Don't nobody, and nobody going to get together and practice in their basement for a month without no gigs lined up. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, who can I get? You know, I had a couple of gigs lined up, but who can I get that I felt comfortable with that can do these gigs Without a hitch, with right. no problem. Very, very minimal rehearsal time. No rehearsal. Right. No rehearsal. We didn't, we didn't rehearse. Who could I call in and do this? And most of these guys I, I played with or done gigs with before. So I told Tony, I'm going to put this, I'm going to put something together, man. He goes, what you going to call it? And I said, the Hurricane Project. And he goes, okay. Shouldn't it be Al Spears and the Hurricane Project? And I said, nah, I'd like, I don't want my name in front of it. You know, just the Hurricane Project. And I said, and he said, well, why the project? And I said, because you never know who's going to be on that gig. You know, we might have a different guitar player, or keyboard player or something. So it was a project.
and uh, you know, and that just coincided with my tinkering and all of that stuff with, with electronics. And then I called Herman and uh, asked Herman, I said, Herman, you want to do this gig with me, man? He goes, sure. You know, and I was telling that that's sure. <laughs> you know some songs? <laughs> oh, sure, I know some songs. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but he didn't. <laughs> but, but he, he didn't. Well, you know, Herman has done gigs with, I've done gigs with Herman, and he's booked gigs, and I've played guitar on, on some of his gigs that he booked, and, you know, he's done some singing. So I said, I'll call Herman. Uh, I already knew Jeff would do it. Jeff is, is like, he was the second person that I called and he's like, yeah, when, when's the first gig? And, uh, and I called Tony and, uh, our bass player, um, our first bass player was Roosevelt Johnson. Uh, may you rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that, that was the beginning of it, you know? And then, you know, I don't, we didn't practice probably the first hundred something gigs that we did together. Right. You know, we didn't do no practicing because we're not one of those bands that, you know, you might hear the beginning of a song and recognize the song. But as Melvin said, you know, we taking you somewhere else. Right. You know, we trying to get you, you know, if you feel something, then we've done our job, you know. Otherwise, you can just put a quarter in the jukebox and, you know, they don't need a band. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been, you know, Jeff Herman, um, Tony Medina. Uh, that's the core. You know, they've always been part of the Hurricane Project. And I'm glad to have them as part of the Hurricane Project. Um, and I think Melvin is probably the newest member because he showed up. I'm gonna tell. Can I tell this quick story Absolutely. about how Melvin got? Absolutely. All right, we go back to Hollywood. Howard. Oh yeah, ho- Hollywood was in the. Yeah, we had. Oh, we had Hollywood. Uh, uh, was in the band. We had. Um, what was the other guy's name? Uh, the guitar player. Uh, Bluebird. Yeah, Blue Blake. Blue Jay. We had Blue oh, Jay. Yeah. Blue Jay. I forgot him. Yeah, we had Blue Jay. Uh, so we had, Sorry, Blue Jay, they forgot you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You know, I'm, I'm gonna, you know, having two guitar players in a band that can gel is very, very difficult. Right. You know, and, and most most musicians don't listen to what everybody else is doing. You know, on stage. You know, everybody want to solo over everybody else. But anyway, that's that's a topic for another day. So we at this gig. Uh, the hurricane project. We was at this gig, and I'm on break. I'm outside. My son and his wife was at this gig, and I go out to have a cigarette. And uh, Melvin comes out, and he's having the cigarette, and he introduces himself, and he said, "I hear you need a guitar player." <laughs> I wonder who told him that. <laughs> and, I, and I said, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm looking at him and I'm going, who could have told you that? I mean, I got, you know, I got a guitar player. And uh, I said, you want to play some? You know, because that's how we do. You know, if you show up mm-hmm. at one of our gigs and you're a musician, yeah. we're going to let you sit mm-hmm. in and do something because that's, you mm-hmm. know, we're a big musical family. You know, mm-hmm. that's what blues is. And uh, he said, no, I don't have a guitar with me. I said, you can use mine. And he goes, no, nah, I'll catch you on the next one. And I was like, okay, cool. And uh, he showed up. I called him. I don't know what I called you or you called me, but he showed up at uh, Johnny Blitz uh, at a gig. I asked him if he wanted to do this gig with us because the other guitar player couldn't make it. And I'm one of those guys that if you keep missing my gig and I get a replacement for you and I like what they do, I'm probably going to stay with that person that I replaced you with. Right. You know? right. <laughs> and Melvin came in there, man, I never will forget it. He had, um, uh, you know, and I like to dress, you know, he came in there with starch, blue jeans. Creases. Come in with creases. A starch shirt. He was there early, you know. He was over there tuning his guitar up, doing, you know, what he's supposed to do for the gig. And 
And uh, he's, and he's, I said, hey, man, uh, you know, this gig don't pay a lot, man, just so you know. And he goes, man, I'm playing for the love of it, man. I ain't playing for nothing else. I said, my man. <laughs> and he was in ever since. Yeah. Right, right. But, but that same night, though, that uh, he approached you, I had, I had talked to him and about, you know, like trying to get in the van. And evidently, he thought I'd already talked to you. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, when come on me. that's when he comes and says, he gives me the guitar player. <laughs> later on, oh. later on, Al comes to me going, hey, who is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, then, you know, he described, oh, oh, that, that's my ride there, you know. It's, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, he balls on the guitar and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so, like, hey, we ought to. Get him in there, mm-hmm. and uh, so too smooth. Once they, once they tried him out once, you know, I, I knew he sell himself. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I vouch for him, but uh, I knew he was gonna sell himself as soon as he did the taking. Right, and that smooth stuff. And one of the, one of the other guys that are isn't here, Jeff Choate. Jeff who, Choate, who, who we share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, white chocolate. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's he's a talented individual too. You know, I always knew him as a trumpet player. The first time we met him was at Uptown, and he came in and he hadn't been playing for a few years. Mm-hmm. And it was his wife that made him go mm-hmm. to Uptown and play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he just blew everybody away with the trumpet. Mm-hmm. And when I started talking to him, he said, "Well, you know, I I play the piano as well." Mm-hmm. And I looked at him like, "Yeah, right, mm-hmm. whatever." He says, "Just give me a little time." Yep. To, to practice again because it's been a couple of years mm-hmm. and then one day he showed up at that piano and I was like mm-hmm. wow mm-hmm. you sure trumpet is your main instrument mm-hmm. and not your piano and he does and sometimes he'll go from the piano to the trumpet back to the piano again all in yep. one song yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and the organ too right and, right but uh, his wife was saying that uh she liked his uh, work ethics on uh, on his instrument mm-hmm. because it's is he trying to get the kids in Right, Just some mm-hmm. things too, and if they see his work that ethic, that they would It'll carry on. Yes, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 So what's so what's next? We've got uh, you know this year we've got we got a bunch of stuff on the books. Uh, Friday we're playing um, for the rest of the year. Actually, in twenty twenty three is actually looking really really good mm-hmm. um, comparably to to other years. Uh, you know, COVID kind of put a damper on a lot of things and um, places shut down or some places can't afford to really hire, you know, a band. And, you know, um, I, I'm really looking at um, we probably got about 70, wow. 75 gigs booked um, throughout the year. You can follow us uh, on Facebook under the Hurricane Project or my website, www.alhurricanespears.com or my personal page, Al Spears, or my Instagram page, Al Spears. Uh, but Friday night, we'll be at Aurora Tap House. Yes. Uh, nine o'clock. Um, we've got a bunch. Where will you be? I'm just thinking about, I'm just thinking about when this podcast is going to come out. Where will you be, say, like, the 15th of the month and beyond uh february 11th we're in aurora doing a private party february 18th we're at johnny blitz in westmont march 18th we're back at johnny blitz and i love johnny blitz because that's i call that that's that's our home base that's a fun place Uh, to play yeah uh march 24th we're uh the joliet blues museum um in april 8th we're back at Johnny Blitz, April 12th, Austin Community Tavern. But, you know. Yeah. So you yeah. got some stuff coming up. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking good. Um, you know, like, like I said, and, and it's not, you know, we. What? <laughs> the kids are giggling again. <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, he is trying to read the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> off his phone, you know, without glasses. Oh, he's smooth. He's smooth. He's, he ain't that smooth. He ain't that smooth. Well, unfortunately, unfortunately, his arms are too short, though. <laughs> but yeah, um, you know, some of these, um, 
some of these gigs are, you know, like local places, you know, but I'm always trying to get place to places where, you know, blues ain't really played or, you know, I play a lot. We play a lot. I'm not me. Uh, we play a lot, yeah. mostly in the Western suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's easier for all of us. You know, we're local. I also have uh, on Facebook Blues in the Burbs. You know, that's my page that I created uh, about 20 years ago um, because, you know, my goal is to keep the blues happening in the Burbs. You know, and everybody say, you know, blues is easy to play. It's a one, four, five. But if you ain't feeling it, it ain't the blues, mm-hmm. you know. And, and a lot of people play it too fast or it's supposed to be slow or whatever the case may be. But anyway, you know, that's my mission in life, you know. I'm right there with you. Uh, is is to uh, keep the music happening, especially in the western suburbs, you know, because we shouldn't have to go. And, you know, you know, the, you know, we can hear you guys. Into the, into, they still trying. Wait, they're exactly. over there ordering a pizza. Okay. <laughs> well, I think they're ordering Subway on, on DoorDash or something. Yeah, that's the best one. <laughs> they looking at. They looking to say, "Man, I don't have that date he just read yeah. off on my calendar." <laughs> which, which, by the way, Subway, we're looking for sponsors. Yeah. We are looking. So anybody out there from Subway looking to sponsor this podcast, get a hold of us. All righty, guys. Well, uh, I want to thank you all for coming out. Uh, thank you for having us. evening. And it was great meeting all of you guys. And I look forward to seeing you real soon. This is a great thank place. You, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for coming out, guys. Our pleasure. Well, that guy, them guys came in like a hurricane. Yep, and they left like a hurricane. And they left like a hurricane. <laughs> that was a lot cow. of fun. That was a real good time. Great stories. Yep. Great stories. Many, many years of uh, musicianship there. Right. So if you're in the area and you have a chance to go out and see them, their performance, not only uh, will you enjoy the music, but they just tell a story on stage with their performance. Yeah, you should go out and see those guys. They are captivating. They're a little banter. I like, uh, I like how they said that they met, uh, you know, they picked each other up at jam sessions. Right. Kind of like, like when we were kids and stuff and you this guy plays guitar, this guy plays guitar, they get together and then they find another guy that plays, hey, I know a guy down the block plays drums. Let's see if he wants to come over and play. With right, <laughs> right, right. And that's exactly what they do. If you go and see one of their shows and they know who you are, mm-hmm. um, you are not overstepping your bounds if you showed up with a guitar or a horn or whatever it is that you mm-hmm. do. They see you in the crowd and wave to you, they'll wave you up and they treat their shows almost like an open jam. They like to have their friends go up there and participate with them. That's awesome. That's that's that sounds like a great time. So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, another week has gone by. Uh, join us next Tuesday for the next episode. I believe it's going to be a band called Stereo Fi. So come back next week and check us out. We'll talk to you then. Bye. The Rock and Roll Chicago podcast is edited by Paul Martin. Theme song courtesy of MNR Rush. The Rock and Roll Chicago podcast does not own the rights to any of the music heard on the show. The music is used to promote the guests that are featured. Rock and Roll Chicago. Rock and Roll.